You have reached Pod Level Midnight, a conversation show about sports, movies, and whatever else we find along the way. I'm your host, Josiah Dury. Let's go. Joining me tonight for a very special crossover episode, uh, he's the host of the Tom E. Experience and a member of the only NFC North fan base that I respect, and that is, besides the Vikings, and that is all the way from Chicago, Tommy Irby. Welcome, Tommy. Good save with uh, adding the Vikings in. Uh, <laughs> excited to be here. Ready to go. Ready to go. Football. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to spend some time tonight just bouncing around the NFC North. Um, like I said, the Bears, I feel like, are the one other fan base that I can have like a rational discussion with in the okay. NFC North. So I agree. I feel <laughs> I feel the same about the Vikings. Uh, friends to the North, the only friends to the North that we have. Yeah, <laughs> good. Um, before we dive in, though, do you want to just um, tell the people a little bit about uh, the Tommy experience, what you guys do over there, and your your whole show? Yeah. Uh, so basically, it started off um, just a bunch. Just I put my thoughts down during the week on a notepad. And then a family friend of mine, Pat Moyarty, uh, he, he just kind of bounces them back at me. So I'm not talking to myself. Uh, he's really helped me out. Uh, more times than not, it's about sports and Chicago sports and what's going on. We try to, we try to keep it uh, a lot national too, but it, it mostly falls on Chicago. And of course, right now it's all we're, we're just up in arms about the Cubs, but I don't want to bore you with that. Let's talk about football. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to talk about football, but before we go to football, I actually want to ask you quickly about basketball because the Bulls have been in the news a lot this week as well. You know, yeah, I was going to ask you uh, if you're ready for a Bulls-Lakers finals. <laughs> I, I'd be on board. I think, is that how good you're feeling? <laughs> I, I, it's the best I've felt about the Bulls in since Derrick Rose. I mean, yeah. yeah DeRozan today, Alonzo Ball yesterday. Uh, Caruso. Stole, yeah. Stole your guy. Um, and yeah, I mean, Billy Donovan comes in and then uh, we, we took uh, the guy that I still can't pronounce his name right from Denver to be our GM and he's just mm-hmm. taken over, man. And uh, living up here, I've lived up here for four years now and I've been to a couple of Bulls games, but they haven't been relevant. Like nobody talks about them. And today and yesterday have been the most buzz I've heard about the Bulls since I've gotten up here. Like everybody is stoked. So it's pretty cool to be excited about a basketball team for once. Right. Yeah. I don't know the feeling is as a Timberwolves fan as well, but, um, (laughs) but I will say, you know, obviously love Zach Levine from his time here. Um, I think I just would be concerned about like, what's the ceiling of the team if Zach Levine's your best player? Like I like him and he's an yeah. all-star and everything, but he's, he's not quite on that level to maybe yeah. break through, break through mean, that top four in the East. For sure. And no, and there's no way the Bulls, the Bulls are the five seed, the six seed right. at best, you know? I mean, you're not going to be the Bucks. The Bucks are up there. You're not going to be the Nets. Like you're not going to compete with those two. The Heat have could, upgraded, yeah. The Heat have upgraded. Yeah, and you, I mean, you're really fighting with the the Knicks and the, the Hawks, like right in there, mm-hmm. like to kind of be in there, like in that conversation. And that series was awesome. That was mm-hmm. so much fun to watch those guys. The fan bases were behind them and, and Atlanta made a run. So maybe the Bulls, I don't know. I don't want to get too excited because – uh, DeRozan's contract is one like you could you could flip it mid-season too in the trade deadline situation so 
who knows? I won't be buying a jersey anytime soon, but, <laughs> but I'll be rocking some gear. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to see. They're just, it's hard to kind of tell exactly what they're putting together there, but they're putting something together just with a lot of being aggressive in the free agent market, a sign and trade as well. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah. I mean, in the NBA, especially, there's so many different tiers to teams that can compete. Only a few teams every year have a chance to actually win the title, right? Yeah. To yeah. Up, to get up to that level of just being competitive and relevant, like that's great. That's what I would, that's the, and I feel like Timberwolves, like yeah. just relevant. Yeah. And I feel like that's what the Heat did in the bubble year, you know, like mm-hmm. they were just enough to be relevant and then they go in the bubble and they dominate, you know? So uh, I feel good, feel happy about it. I'll, I'll be rocking. I'll be watching. I'll be happy about it. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been a nice change the last couple of days mm-hmm. basketball wise. Yeah. I have one other question on that. And yeah. that is what is going to happen to Kobe white? Cause I'm concerned about my guy. I love him. Yeah. He, yeah. I love him. Uh, when the bulls drafted him, I was tempted to, to look in the Jersey market. I really was. Um, I'm, I'm very happy with him. I want him to be there. I want him to be Chicago's guy, but I don't know. Lonzo's going to get all the playing time he wants. Uh, so it's going to be a bench role for him. I'm not sure I want him to be here, but I don't know if they're going to use him as trade bait because Larry marketing is kind of on the way mm-hmm. out too. Uh, I, I wish I could tell you, but I have no idea. Yeah. I want him to, I want him to be here. I'm a big, I'm a big Kobe white fan too. So We'll see. Yeah, he was exciting. I loved him from, you know, obviously from in college. And then I almost burned Target Center to the ground when they passed on him and they dropped passed. a chair over. So I, I will never yeah. get over it. And but, he fell right into our hands. I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, but he's exciting. I want him to to have opportunities and thrive wherever he goes. So I think he did. He is hurt right now. He got hurt in the offseason. So he had to have surgery. Yeah. Yeah. Um, should, it should be a quick bounce back though. Right. So, so, so we'll but see. maybe they don't want to move him in the off season. Maybe it's a deadline thing depending on, or maybe Definitely. he fits in, buys in as that six man, you know, role and has a big role still, but if not, maybe, maybe yeah. fingers crossed because I like him and I know a lot of, a lot of fans like him too. Like they want him to be the guy. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, that's enough of that. I'm excited to follow the bull, a lot of guys that I like on the bull. So I'm looking forward to, yeah. to enjoying their games uh, moving forward next year. So happy for you as well. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I'm thinking let's go with the standings from last year and start from the bottom. And not that it has to be last year, every year, the bottom is the same, but <laughs> so we'll start with the lions. Oh um, man. That's uh, wow. We're starting with the lions. Okay. They were in last shocking. <laughs> Um, let me ask you this. So as a, as a bears fan year after year, not even just last year, but just throughout your life in the NFC North, have you ever once been scared of the Detroit lions? The lions as a whole? No. Calvin Johnson. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, so even still, my, though, they weren't winning then. Yeah. Yeah. So my aunt is a big lions fan and, and I feel like the last of the last five years, four of them, the bears and lions have played on Thanksgiving. And there was one year where I feared a loss and it happened. But to, to answer your question, no, I've never been scared of the Detroit Lions in my life. Yeah, me neither. Um, the joke and, is they've never won the NFC North, right? Um, yeah. And, and Go ahead. I was just going to say losing Matthew Stafford, like that's all you had. So in, in the draft, they were kind of focused on building a line more so than getting some getting some magical pieces to put something together. I don't think Jared Goff's the guy and the Lions I do see in the basement again. 
Yeah, it's gonna. They're kind of going into like a long rebuild here, which has been the story of their whole franchise. But um, yeah, that trade was obviously a signal of a new, a new era for the for the Lions. Goff actually has his moments sometimes. At least he did once against the Vikings a couple years ago. But I think <laughs> yeah. with what they have, um, even losing like like a Marvin Jones and those guys, like Marvin yeah. Jones would always tear us up. But agreed, I never was afraid of the. Here's who scared me: Matt Prater. Other than that, Prater, yeah. <laughs> anytime he the Vikings would lose, anytime the Vikings would lose to the Lions, it was like something super random would happen. Or it's like the the Vikings just. I mean, Dalvin Cook tore his ACL against them that one year, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that, where it's like fluky, or the Vikings just play terrible. It's not the Lions. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, even with Calvin and Matthew, it's like you have those two. The two I, Calvin Johnson, obviously first ballot Hall of Famer, Matthew Stafford should definitely be a hall of famer I, in my eyes i think he's got the numbers and i Maybe. think he's there i don't know first ballot but i could see him <laughs> i could see him there um and they couldn't put anything around those guys year after year after year and being so far down in the draft like getting good number draft picks every year and they still got nothing like i don't know how you fix that well the crazy thing was they were finally like halfway competent with jim caldwell and then they weren't satisfied so they fired him and got obviously way worse with patricia so yeah that was a mistake for <laughs> sure Matt, matt patricia is not a head coach and they no. but they seem to like the guy that they have now um so maybe new guy new regime new quarterback i don't know it's not this year but maybe i don't know 10 years <laughs> maybe one division title in 10 years yeah yeah be- yeah uh so i'm looking at their schedule it was like we play them uh, October 3rd, which is week four. And then you guys play them immediately after both of them are home games for us. So getting them early in the season is always nice. Do enjoy that. You got to get a good, get a good win under the belt. Yeah. It's interesting. We'll I'm sure we'll talk about this more as we get through the rest of the division, but it feels like the scheduling and you already mentioned this with the bears, like playing the lions on Thanksgiving several times in a row. It seems like it's so consistent every year. Like we always play the bears week 17, usually at home. We always play the bears on Monday night at soldier field. Like, yeah. Kind of annoying. So yeah, I, I agree with that. The only thing is I hate division games that are so early in the season. Like I want to have a definition when I go and play, in green bay against the packers Mm -hmm. like i want to know where my team stands before that i don't want to see the packers week one week two like bears packers that's a blue blood game i want to see i want to see both of them post like in the in the back half of the season um and i i'm sure you feel the same way like you want the big games like you want them to matter right like you don't want to play packers week one week two like you want to you want to know where your team's at yeah we've had some early matchups with them and usually it's like dumb stuff happens and it's hard to to lose out on that opportunity you know because the division game is such a big game yeah um, early in the year if you end up losing it because you're not you know of course you should be ready to go week one but it takes as we know in the nfl it takes time to to find your identity and you want to be peaking late as well so yeah and this year one less uh, preseason game and mm-hmm. one more real game so everything's changing yeah well, the Lions, there's not a whole lot else to say um, yeah. unless you have any other thoughts. I got nothing. <laughs> see, you, see you on Thanksgiving, I guess. So it is Thanksgiving again this year, huh? Yeah, again. Yeah. Nice to – when the usually when the Vikings have played on Thanksgiving, it's usually not against 
the Lions, I feel like it's it is the Bears a lot. Yeah, like a, like the Thursday night game kind of. Yeah. yeah, we get the Cowboys sometimes too, but not, yeah. not too often. We did actually <clears throat> the most recent time we played on Thanksgiving was the Lions. That was yeah. 2017, I want to say, but it's not I like not playing on holidays. Like I don't want to ruin my holiday with <laughs> loose. Yeah. I totally get that. I totally get that. Uh yeah, I, and the we always it seems like when we play on Thanksgiving, it's always the um it's either always the Lions in the first game or the Packers in the night game. Mm-hmm. And I don't mind the Lions in the first game because it's like <laughs> we plan, we already plan it since my aunt is a Lions fan, we already plan it like we eat at halftime yeah. of the first game. So it's like not a big deal because we know what the schedule is. But it is kind of nice, like when you're in a food coma, it's like the fourth quarter and the Bears are just obliterating the Lions. And that's a, that's a nice feeling. But going into a, a Thanksgiving night game against the Packers normally in Lambeau, not a good feeling. And I don't enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't either. Um, well, unfortunately, my Vikings are next as far as how they finished last year, which was a bit of a plot twist at the end of the year. The Bears were, we'll get to the Bears, but. Yeah. They came on late, you know, they turned things around late. We'll talk about that later, but I want to get your, you know, your thoughts as an outsider, but first I'll just say, so the Vikings made it a whole three days into training camp without a major crisis. And now we have the entire QB room, except for, um, who is it? Browning is, yeah. um, the only one that's vaccinated. So he's the only one that can practice. So we have, we have concerns, we have quarantines. Other than that, we were coming in pretty, pretty optimistic, pretty excited, um, but it's put a damper on the first week of training camp. But hopefully, that kind of blows over over the next week or so. They're able to get back and get on the same page for um, for preseason games. So we have the Denver Broncos are coming in next week for a preseason game, and they're also doing a couple of joint practices. So we get to see Teddy. So that'll be nice. Um, oh yeah, your yeah, old friend Teddy, my my great friend. Um, other than that, though, yeah, I would love to hear the outsider's perspective of the Vikings coming into this year off of last year? Well, I, I want to start with asking you a question if I can. <laughs> sure. Kirk Cousins, oh, no. <laughs> do you trust him as your quarterback? Um, now, like a week ago, I may have had a different answer, but I don't trust him <laughs> to do anything right now. But um, overall, he is simultaneously the best quarterback we've had in – 10, 15 years, excusing the one Brett Favre year where he was good. Um, And at the same time, he is inconsistent and maddening. So he overall, like I'm not a Kirk hater. Like I think that given the right circumstance and given the opportunity, he can be a top, I don't know, 10, 12 quarterback in the league. Sure. And it's yeah. shown that like, he's really, he, ha- he has some great moments, great games and not even games. He'll put together a month, six weeks of just like, he's like the best quarterback in the league. He does that every year, but then he also has like just some, some real head scratchers. So yeah. it's the inconsistency is the hardest part, but you know, he is. He's, he's your boy. He's your guy. Yeah. I get it. Um, so here's why I asked that because I, this is my comp for you as a Bears fan. Kirk Cousins is your Jay Cutler to me. 
He's yeah. not, he doesn't have the arm strength of Jay Cutler, but as far as like the mental game that Jay Cutler plays on you as a fan mm-hmm. of like, he's your guy and you got to ride with him, but also you're not sure if he's going to throw an interception or a touchdown every time he, every time he goes back. So I feel for you. And I get, and I'm a Kirk, <laughs> I'm a Kirk cousin guy. Uh, I'm a Michigan state fan. So yeah. his, his uh, Outback bowl win against um, Georgia when I was in Georgia was just epic. I loved it. He's always been my guy. I was a fan of him when he was on the Redskins. I wanted him to have the chance. He got drafted the same year as RG3. So it was like, he didn't feel like he was going to get a chance. Then RG3 gets hurt all the time. So he got his, got his moment. He was very good for the, for the Washington football team. Uh, And then when he came to Minnesota, I really thought that that's what he needed was a change of change of scenery. He was going to be able to turn it on. Does it have something to do with support staff? Maybe, but he's got weapons. Like he's got Dalvin Cook behind him. Now he's got Jefferson out wide. He's got, uh, I'm blanking on your tight end's name. Irv Smith. Rudolph is gone. If that's Rudolph. what you think of. Rudolph, Rudolph is gone. Is gone. Yes. Where did he go? New York Giants. Well, here I am just on my own little <laughs> island. But regardless, like Kirk Cousins has the has the weapons, and the Vikings have a pretty good offensive line that they that it's there, and the defense it was top ten in the league not too long ago. So I do I feel like the Vikings are a threat in the NFC North. Absolutely, yep. I think you and I both can agree that we're we we're going to get to this. I'm sure, but the Bears and the Vikings are probably fighting for a wild card spot. I'm overly optimistic, but yeah, probably realistically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm overly optimistic too. So, but Kirk Cousins, like, it's not a bad option. It's not it's, agreed. It could be worse. It could be worse. Um, it could be better as I wanted the Vikings to draft Justin Fields, and I'll get into that with you later. But, um, Suck. <laughs> I, the the Cutler comparison is good as far as like level and like frustration as a fan. They're very different, like stylistically. Like definitely different styles. Yeah. Like Jay, Jay, Jay Cutler can throw a ball very hard for yeah. sure, and he can throw it deep. Uh, and he was accurate for the most part. But as far as I yeah, I just meant like frustration as a fan. I was yeah. like, I don't want you to be my quarterback, but you're my quarterback, so I have to trust you. Right. His problem is Cutler's problem was obviously being like over aggressive, reckless, that kind of stuff. Kirk's is usually the opposite. He will fail to take that shot or fail to he'll just crumble if the you know the pass rush comes, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, panic, throw it away. That you know. So like you said. For Kirk, it's all about the supporting cast. You need to have him in the perfect situation. Everything needs to be there for him. And if that's the case, then I think you can make a run. But in the NFL, that's rarely the case. And even when you have, you know, the offensive line was really bad his first year here, has gotten slightly better over the last couple of years, and we're hoping is is set at at this point with our first-round draft pick and other stuff like that. And you have the weapons. You have the run game. So he just... It's set, it's set, the table is set for him this year. Um, if he can get on the field in the first place, but and I love Jefferson out wide. Yes, I love I, that's who I wanted the Bears to get last year, and obviously it didn't work. But Justin Jefferson is that dude, like he is, he is there to play. And I, I'm happy for you because that's a trustworthy target for Kirk Cousins, yeah. And it was obviously that was what came out of the Diggs trade, which was a sad thing that to get Lewis Diggs. I love Diggs, but it worked out well as far as 
finding a guy that's a replacement that is able to be on the same, you know, hopefully eventually on the same level as Diggs, if not, if not better. So um, Jefferson, yeah, love Jefferson. He is poised to, you know, break out even more this year, I think. And, you know, Dalvin Cook is, is one of the best backs in the league. You have Thielen on the other side. Um, you have um, a couple tight ends that hopefully will be household names by the end of the year. I know they aren't for you yet, but <laughs> no, Thielen. I, yeah, I mean, he he had that. He had a, he had a couple big moments. Um, late touchdown against the Saints. I remember at one point, right? So in the in the playoff game when they beat the Saints two years that ago, was, that was Diggs, right? So, okay. So we have two different playoffs when they, when we beat the saints. So the first one was that the Minneapolis miracle greatest moment of my life. So that was uh, in the divisional round at home. So I was at that game. Um, that was the digs 60 yard catch, like miracle, literally. Yeah. I took, uh, I yeah. took the Vikings money line late in that <laughs> and it paid off. So thank you for that. Nice. Yeah. And then a couple of years ago, we beat the saints in the wild card round and that was Thielen with a catch in overtime. He wasn't a touchdown. It was like a 50 yard catch down to like the two yard line. That's right. Okay. And then Kyle, Kyle Rudolph had the, the uh, alleged push off touchdown, which was, I, I love beating the saints. So it's, um, it's fun. Yeah. Other than yeah. that. So we've talked a lot about the Vikings offense. So defense is kind of the biggest area of hopefully improvement for the Vikings this year. Last year, they had so many um, injuries. They had a, an opt out. They had a, just missing a, a bunch of, of guys. And it was a big change because, you know, throughout the Mike Zimmer era defense has been what the Vikings have really um, hung their hat on. So it was, it was very different, but they've been able to reload really well and get guys back as well. Um, Daniel Hunter, the biggest one coming back healthy with a new extension. Um, Anthony Barr coming back healthy. You have Michael Pierce opting in now, and he was going to be the big addition last year and is now on the D-line this year, as well as Dalvin Tomlinson, who was the signing on the D-line. So the D-line hopefully will go from the worst D-line in the league last year to, you know, a pretty a pretty good strength for the team, both stopping the run and rushing the passer. We yeah. have that second pass rusher is the, is the hard part, so hopefully that emerges. But then you, you have – still got Rhodes back there, right? No, no, Rhodes is gone. So Rhodes, Rhodes. left last year. Uh, <laughs> let me pull up a roster for What him. do I know anyway? <laughs> so we have Patrick Peterson, though. That was the big signing ah, um, in yes, the secondary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so him okay. and a couple, a couple younger guys in the secondary. Um, and then you still have um, Harrison Smith back there. And then you have Xavier Woods was another signing. Xavier Woods, okay. Um, so Daniil Hunter is back, but I would say if not Daniel Hunter, the best player on the Vikings defense is Eric Hendricks, the linebacker. Um, and he was an all pro last year and, and definitely their best player last year. And just a guy that's really fun to watch everything he does. The hope is that the D line with uh, better run stoppers this year will, will free him up to be able to do more and not just be that only single line of defense against the run, but to really right. um, be a, be a playmaker throughout the, throughout the middle of the field. So so that's where the Vikings defense kind of stands at this point. So if, if things go perfectly as perfect as they can for the Minnesota Vikings, who would be like the Vikings offensive MVP and defensive MVP? Yeah. So defensive, I guess if you want to put MVP, it would be Daniel Hunter. If he's able to get like 16, 18 sacks, you know, that would be the most impactful. Kendricks, I think is the most, is the most consistent and has, he's been the one forcing turnovers the last couple of years. He's been, he just makes plays and is, is super fun to watch. So um, 
it would be one of those two guys. And then on offense, you know, it's been Dalvin Cook the last couple of years. I think best case, it's Justin Jefferson, though. I mean, I guess Kirk, but. um, Well, yeah, but I, yeah, I was going to say Justin Jefferson because, I mean, he's just electric. All you have to do is throw the ball up and he's going to try to come down with it, which is incredible. Yep. Yeah, so that's that's where we stand. I think, you know, coming in, they, through the offseason, they did a good job of, especially the free agency was focused on the defense, guys like Tomlinson, guys like bringing back a Stephen Weatherly, um, Patrick Peterson coming in, Mackenzie Alexander coming back in the secondary. So plugging some of those holes in the defense. And then um, the draft was kind of focusing, especially on the offensive line. Um, and then just a few other pieces here and there. So yeah. that's the the big question mark as usual on the, on the offense, non non COVID category is right. the offensive line. So we have, we were hoping to plug and play two rookies on the O-line so far in camp. They have not um, been able to um, crack that first team. So one of them, um, the left tackle is, has been, Darisaw has been recovering from a surgery. So he's hopefully going to be back in the next week or so, but he hasn't been practicing yet. So it may be a, it may not be week one, but as the, as the season goes on, hopefully they can, can plug those guys in. And then we're set up to have a pretty solid young offensive line. Hopefully if these guys, if these picks are, are the right picks to be consistent over the next, you know, four or five years, hopefully with, with draft picks all from the last three, three or four drafts. Yeah. It's always fun to, for when the year comes around that like you really feel like the things are going to come together that you've been building the last couple of years. And I feel like that would be, this is the, this is a turning point for the Vikings. I feel like, I feel like it's going to be a good year for you guys. I really do. Yeah. I think they have the potential to, to make some noise. So it was hard last year because so early in the season, they started off 0 and 3 and that was with so many injuries. They lose their, yeah. you know, their biggest defensive player and Hunter for the whole season um and then anthony Barr goes down and then the secondary they're pulling guys out of everywhere so they just never really had a, a real shot at it last year i felt yeah like. it was down from the start right at the mm-hmm. beginning yeah yeah and then they they put together some moments uh, throughout the season but wasn't enough and i think for the vikings especially and i'm sure you feel this way about the bears too but um having fans in the stands makes a big difference for home field like they were Huge they are never below 500 at home, even when they're not good. Like, and they were three and five last year at home. And I, not that I want to take credit for that personally, but I think that they missed us. Like the atmosphere. Yeah. No, I mean, you saw it across the league for sure. I mean, Minnesota is a, it's a feared place to play, right? Like Mm -hmm. it, it became that I wouldn't say too much at the Metrodome or, or when you guys played outside at Minnesota stadium, but when they built that new stadium, I feel like there were people that, we're willing to be like, Hey, let's go check out the Vikings in a really comfortable environment. And then it got hype. The, the horn you guys got the whole skull clap. I mean, mm-hmm. that's incredible. That environment, when you guys made that run with Keenum at quarterback mm-hmm. going to the NFC championship game against was it Carolina or no, that was the Eagles. That was the Eagles year. Okay. That was incredible. And I thought that I thought it was done. I thought you guys, going to Philly, take care of business. And then you guys are playing a home game for the Super Bowl. And if that had happened, unreal. Not to bring you down. Why are we talking about this? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Then that yeah, Eagles It was game. a great run. It was Man, a- an Eagles game. Knocked you guys out of the playoffs. Can't relate. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That was funny. Um, yeah. So that's where we're at. You know, I do think, you know, it's a three team 
Um, there's three legitimate teams that have a shot at the, at the North this year, the Vikings being one of them. Um, you know, obviously the Packers are the favorite. I think the Vikings and bears are, you know, in different places, but probably in similar places as far as record is going to, is going to turn out. I very much agree. I so, very much agree. um, so I think best case, I think that they, we have a shot if things break right to to win the division, or else be knocking on the door of one of those um, those extra wild card spots this year. So um, I'm hopeful for a run, um, but you know, hope is the hope is the ki- is the mind killer. So hey, that's, hey, you got to start with hope. Got to start with hope. Hope and a dream. Yep. So let's get to the Bears. Um, as I already mentioned, a dream. <laughs> as I already mentioned, I want to let you go. But the biggest thing to the Justin Fields pick, um, I'll take you through my perspective on that. So Please. draft night, I'm like, you know, I don't think it's going to, you know, there's these five quarterbacks, right, that are all you know, going to go in the first round. I don't want Mac Jones. But if Justin Fields or, you know, Lance wasn't going to fall, but if Lance, someone like Lance falls, um, would love to see the Vikings be aggressive and and try to get one of those guys. So Fields is dropping. It doesn't look like anyone is going to – he only went two spots ahead of the Vikings, I believe. Um, so it was, someone would have had to trade up to get him, and that's what the Bears did. The Vikings were on the phones trying to get to that spot, but they um, were outbid or just didn't value it enough, yeah. and the Bears got Justin Fields. So – now, of course, I have to turn around and hope that he's a bust, but I like him a lot. <laughs> I like him a lot, and I was not very happy at all that night about the Vikings not being able to, to get a guy like that because I think this is obviously the most important position, and a guy like him who's dynamic, he's he's a future, you know, future new yeah. age quarterback. That That's what you want. So, And I yeah. couldn't believe he fell that far. I thought he's the number two quarterback in the draft. Yeah. So, uh, So I got to go back. Um, to when the season ended against the Saints in the playoffs, the Nickelodeon game, Trubisky <laughs> MVP. Um, Nickelodeon I, was great. That was fun. It was like we. Were, I would I hate the, it if it was my team, though. If I, well, I had the real game up on the TV, and then uh, like my computer had the Nickelodeon version, so I would watch the touchdown and then watch the slime stuff. Um, I've always been a Mitch guy. I've been very loud and proud about being a Mitch Trubisky guy. Um, and he did not stay, obviously. Um, we go into a situation where, like, towards the beginning of the year, um, they signed Andy Dalton. So you, you already know, looking into that, you're like, all right, this is a transition year. Like, no, there's no, there's no clear definition of what the Bears are going to do. A lot of talk in town that Nagy was going to get fired. Uh, and Ryan Pace, the general manager, getting fired, which I totally supported. I don't think – I don't trust Matt Nagy as a play caller. I don't, I don't really trust him as a head coach, and I don't trust him to develop a quarterback since I, – I feel like Mitch Trubisky had the – he had the talent to be able to be molded into a, a pro quarterback, and the right personnel were not here to do it. Um, but, and I don't think Nagy ever wanted to develop Mitch Trubisky because that wasn't his guy. Like Pat Mahomes was his guy when they were in Kansas City. So he got his guy. I don't know why he left. I think it's just the thing that you say to get a head coaching job. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll develop a quarterback. Right. So I haven't really trusted Nagy from the start. Uh, I had a good run for the playoffs that one year, but it's all been kind of fluky and, and not running the ball when it's a clear running the ball situation. 
just stuff like that. It's like, it's just, it's painful to watch all the time. So then you sign Andy Dalton. It's like, okay, season's over already. Uh, draft night, I'm down here in my basement. So as you can see, I have three TVs going. So I had Cubs on one TV. I had the White Sox on one TV. And then I had the draft up top. And so I'm just sitting around. Uh, my fiance, Anna, comes down. She's hanging out. And then I go upstairs because I need a new beer. And uh, I hear from downstairs, she goes, Tommy, I'm like, what? The Bears drafted up, and I went, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> Come running downstairs. I see the Bears are on the clock. I was like, "There's no way it's not Justin Fields, or everybody's fired." Yeah. <laughs> and so going into the draft, I'm like, "Whatever the Bears are gonna do, I'm gonna be pissed. If they trade up to get Justin Fields, I'm gonna be mad. If they don't do anything, I'm gonna be mad. If they just stay status quo, I'm gonna be mad." And then they drafted Justin Fields. I'm like, "It's over. We're in the Super Bowl." No, not really, but. Justin Fields, I mean, I think he has the strongest arm. Trevor Lawrence is the greatest football mind in the draft, but Justin Fields, I think he's got the strongest arm. He's a dual threat uh, already in camp. They're like, he's slinging the ball. Matt Nagy said right away that he wasn't going to start him uh, at the beginning of the season. And I think he's already backtracking that because he sees that this guy, he's been pro ready for for a while now. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you, you start off with Justin Fields in the first round, then you trade up in the second round to get an offensive tackle, another offensive tackle in the fifth round, and then uh, Khalil Herbert from Virginia Tech falls to us in the sixth round, snag him, snag Dags, Daz Newsome from North Carolina. I should not be as confident as I am with the Chicago Bears right now. Um, Tariq Cohen tore his ACL last year. He's still kind of coming back from that. I, they want him to be ready for week one. I'd say safely week three, he's back out there, but he's the guy you can just put him in the backfield with David Montgomery, do a little, do a little screen pass to him, have him do a sweep. Like he does so many things so well. Punt return game. Like he's, he's scary. He's, he's hard to tackle. He's a small dude. It's hard to tackle. So Alan Robinson accepted the franchise tag, which I think they should pay him all the money in the world. Um, they won't, but and he said, you know what? They tagged me. I'm just going to go out and play football because that's my job. And like, you know, how some people hold out or whatever. He was like, that doesn't benefit anybody. going to go out there. So Allen Robinson is ready to prove something. Three Cohen's going to come back healthy. David Montgomery, I think is, just, I think he's secretly top 10 running back in the league of like, he has the potential to be, but Matt Nagy wouldn't run the ball last year. So we didn't get to see it. I think this year he's going to be more balanced with his attack because people are going to be focused on Justin Fields a lot where he didn't really have to be with Mitch Trubisky. Um, defense, a new life. Eddie Goldman's back after he sat out with, uh, with COVID last year. He just sat out for the season. Um, Andy Dalton is the backup quarterback. Nick Foles can go to Indy for all I care. Uh, playoff Damian Williams is now on the Bears. I, I'm just – I and thrilled. Marcus, Marquise Goodwin came over from San Francisco. He sat out last season. He's going to be on the Bears. I feel good. I feel good. I feel better than I did last year. Um, and I felt really good all summer long thinking that there was not going to be an Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, but I'm sure <laughs> we're going to get to that. All in all, I feel good about where we are if, and this is a huge if, Justin Fields starts the year. Because if he, if he doesn't, everything changes. I don't see the Bears winning in LA. 
I see I see a struggle against Cincinnati for whatever reason. And then I don't think the Bears can beat Cleveland at Cleveland. That's our first three games of the season. So you're going into week four, one and two, and then you pull Justin Fields when you in all reality, you could be two and one if you put Justin Fields out there. So that's what I'm waiting to hear from. Yeah, when that was one done? of my biggest questions for sure is when do you expect to see him? Um, you know, I haven't followed super closely. So my expectation was what, you know, what Nagy has said, which is we're going to, we're going to wait on him, whether it's, yeah. whether it's four weeks, six weeks, 10 weeks, you know, yeah, so you I'm hoping the longer, and, the better. <laughs> if you ask me and the 10 million people that live in the Chicago yeah. area, it's Justin Fields week one, but if you yeah. ask Matt Nagy, it's going to be Andy Dalton. So I don't know, maybe like training camp's going really well, like workouts right now today was the first day in pads they actually did practice uh at soldier field first time Justin fields was suited up at soldier field throwing bombs and he looked amazing uh and all the writers are saying if you don't start justin fields you're an idiot so i don't know maybe they do i don't think they will they don't start in week one i think they see the mistake in that and they start in week two but if it goes any further than that you're putting the whole season in jeopardy i really do yeah, but shouldn't you be more concerned about Justin Fields as a whole rather than this just this season? Uh, yes, but if he's ready, right. then you're kind of doing more to his mental by not putting him out there. Sure. And then he comes into a season where we're one and two or one and three even, and then he comes in unneeded pressure of like having to turn this team around. Like they could all be set up. He's just a starter week one. Yeah, and the Bears aren't that bad of a team. They're not the they're not the Jaguars who are drafting number one. Right. Where you're gonna get you're gonna get killed. You know, put Lawrence yeah. out there and he's gonna lose. He's gonna get this, killed, and it's yeah, gonna this, mess him up. You know. Yeah, this offensive line is completely rebuilt, ready to go. Uh, the defense is, I'm. It's getting older, but I feel more confident in the defense going into this year than I did last year. Uh, Khalil Mack says that he's the healthiest he's ever felt in his career. Which Yikes. Every guy, every guy says at this time in the season, you know, but a very healthy Khalil Mack is a pretty scary situation. Very scary. And I, and I feel like too, Justin Fields, like you throw him out there against the LA Rams, who you got Aaron Donald coming after you, like what better way to get started in the league by going to going against the best, you know, like go out there, see what you can do. And then you come back and you play the Bengals and you can light it up, you know? Mm-hmm. Bengals will have a loss already hopefully because we play them week <laughs> one so um, yeah yeah I think it's like I said you have to value him as terms in terms of your long-term quarterback rather than this year but like I said if if he's ready you got to get him out there I think he's he's a guy that's played at a high enough level for years and years in college that I think it would be a it would be a pretty quick um, learning curve for him so you know, I hope to see a lot of Andy Dalton personally, but um, <laughs> I understand I, I would feel the same way if I was in your shoes. Yeah. And I mean, we're, question. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I mean, we're all excited, obviously, and you, you, you definitely don't want to jump the grunt, jump the gun on something. Um, I was, when we drafted Mitch Trubisky, I wasn't all about putting Mitch Trubisky out there right away. Like I, I felt like he needed to learn, like I need, like he needed to sit back and watch for a little bit before he went out there. And normally, like, that's the case, and I get that because Pat Mahomes did it. He sat a whole year learning, and then he did it. But I, 
with the talent that Justin Fields is like, I feel like we're talking about a whole different ball game. Like he's just so smart with the ball. He knows what he's doing. He's already got the Bears playbook memorized. He said like he, he envisions the play when he's going to the, going to the huddle. He already sees the play happening in his head. Like just stuff that you can't teach. He's already doing. And I can't I believe, I, think, I can't believe he fell in the draft. What a bunch of, I, I, <laughs> there's so many dumb NFL I can't teams. Believe, I can't believe Carolina didn't take him. I can't believe, I can't believe the Jets didn't take him instead of uh, what's his face, yeah. Wilson. Uh, yeah, just so many opportunities for so many people to do it and they didn't do it. I thought, I thought even maybe Detroit was going to pull the trigger, you know, like Denver too. Denver, Denver for sure. So he fell to the bears and I'm forever grateful. Yeah. Yeah. So I, th- I feel like the other big question is with the bears and I get, you know, I have a couple of bears fan friends that I know. And then obviously Mike Wilbon is like the big represent- <laughs> representative of bears nation. So he's always re- just ripping on Matt Nagy and I I'm getting the same vibes from you. So is he, is most of, is most of the bears fan base pretty out on him? Is it the offense is the issue and he's supposed to be the offensive guy. Is that yeah, what he's it supposed, is? Yeah. He was supposed to be the savior to fix the bears offense. Cause he's an offensive guru. Historically, the bears, they hire defensive guys as head coaches. Um, Lovey Smith, mm-hmm. uh, Mark Tressman came in for those two really weird years, but John Fox, like he, they brought in these defensive guys, like as the head coaches, cause that's, that's what their main focus has been. Then they bring in, Matt Nagy, offensive guru, worked with Patrick Mahomes. He can he can mold a quarterback. Uh, and he'd go into press conference saying, I know we gotta run the ball more. Like I know we need, I know we need 25 carries by our running back. And he'd go out and throw the ball 70 times in the game. It's like he like he he just he has a script and he said before that he has a script to the game and he sticks to the script where game situations happen, you got to change what your plan is. Like you got to change your plan every week. And he wasn't doing that. And even me, I consider myself a pretty casual football fan. Like, I don't know how to read defenses, but that's his job to know that a defense is coming and to not go towards it. And it, that was frustrating. A lot of the moves that the general manager was making were frustrating. It was widely thought that after the playoff loss, like that Monday, that they were both going to get fired. And then the press conference said that they were going to give them one more chance. So they're both on like one-year deals right now. And drafting Justin Fields, like for me, it was awesome because, yeah, we may have a franchise quarterback for the first time since Sid Luckman in the 40s. But also that meant that Nagy and Ryan Pace were around for at least another three years. And I don't know if that's helpful to the situation or if that just sets us up for mediocrity over and over again until they leave so and there's a whole thing with the bears ownership too like they they want to stick with their guys for too long and i don't want to bore you with that whole thing and they're trying to move to the suburbs and it's just a yeah a what was that there. what was that whole thing i, I saw Briefly, I saw something about it on Twitter and it was like everyone was freaking out and then I didn't really hear anything else about it. So this rumor pops up every 15 to 20 years of the Bears leaving Chicago to go to Arlington Heights and build a new stadium. Uh, obviously more traction right now than ever before just because of what the what a Super Bowl event looks like now. Sure. Like 
Uh, and Arlington Heights is like 20 miles west of Chicago. Um, it's not hard to get to, but when people say it, like if it were to happen, it was like, oh, Final Fours in Chicago. Like, no, it's, it wouldn't be in Chicago. It's not much of like a tourist place to mm -hmm. go. Um, so the whole idea sounds grand and what they want to do. And allegedly they put in a bid, but it's all kind of a ploy for the city of Chicago to kind of uh, work with them to get more parking spaces, potentially expand the stadium. Uh, the Bears have the smallest stadium in the league. Uh, it's only at 67,000 for capacity. I think the next smallest is like 75 or 76. So it's a small yeah, The Vikings stadium. is like upper 60s too, but maybe, out, maybe for outdoor, maybe it's. Okay. Okay. But yeah, so it's the, it's the smallest stadium in the league uh, and they're trying to get some more parking spaces. A lot of, a uh, lot of hoopla because the renovations that happened in 03 kind of make it look like a spaceship. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't yeah, mind it. I can see that. Like, yeah. I don't mind it. Cause I don't really remember old solar field cause I'm too young, but um so if, but if anything were to happen with the move, it would be like 2032 before anything happened. So not too concerned about it right now, but it was a little annoying. <laughs> yeah. Well, if the day the bears move out of soldier field, I will be throwing a party because that place has been cursed for us for <laughs> years. So uh, yeah. So let me we keep getting uh, Kirk cousins on Monday night. <laughs> right. Hey, we, um, the Vikings won last year, didn't we? Uh, yeah. 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 We both won on the road against each other last year. So, so let me ask you this last question on the bears. So yep. you talk about your biscuit, you talk about fields, you talk about Nagy. What as a believer in Mitch, cause I, I was, I don't, I don't think that they're the same level of quarterback and you probably don't either, but I know you believed yeah. in Mitch more so, but what's, what would be different about, this as far as from Nagy's perspective in terms of making this work when it didn't work with Mitch? So I think with Mitch, he needed some guidance to go in the correct direction. Like he needed a little push. Um, he, he needed to kind of learn on the job of like things that he can improve. He only started 10 games at North Carolina and then he was a number two overall pick, you know, mm -hmm. um, with Justin Fields, there's not much he has to learn. Like he needs to learn the playbook and he needs to go out there. He has such a high football IQ that he, he could probably correct Matt Nagy on stuff, you know, like I have more faith in him as a head coach than I do Matt, <laughs> Matt Nagy, you know? So I feel like that's the difference is Matt Nagy isn't as much uh, teaching anything to Justin Fields as much as like letting Justin Fields run the offense for him. And I feel like that's going to make Matt Nagy a successful head coach when he doesn't have to do as much. Yeah. So you just have to hope that he takes the training wheels, wheels off pretty early and doesn't, and allows that freedom for, for fields, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. And I mean, you take the training wheels off, you're going to fall down a couple of times, but eventually you're going to get it and you're going to go. So fingers crossed. Yeah. Well, good luck to you, sir. I'll be, you know, excited to see him and certainly will be, um, I don't know about pulling for you guys, but I'll be watching no, with, watching for fun other than two other than two matchups this year. Yeah. So, um, yeah. and we're late this year. Uh, well, we uh, have the classic week seven week. Well, eighteen now the classic end of the season. Yeah, at matchup. Minnesota, and then it looks like ooh December twentieth Monday night at Soldier Field. So, yeah, so it's like twice in like four three four weeks. Yeah, a little chilly probably. Yeah, that will be chilly. Yikes! Um, it'll be fun. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, let's get to the hated Packers. So yeah. they, um, 
all in all, not a very noteworthy offseason other than the big drama. Um, not a lot of big moves. Aaron Jones is, is um, was re-signed. Um, I really like the move uh, for yeah. Blake Bortles as quarterback. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really going to give him a step up in the competition. Um, quite frankly, I feel like that's the road they should have taken. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. They're their own organization. They can make their own decisions. Here's the interesting thing for me is, so I have some Packer fans that I know. And given a sampling of the, of the kind of reaction stuff that I saw throughout this whole thing, they're like, Aaron Rodgers can get lost. Like we don't want him back. Like talking, you know, talking big about it. Like he's spoiled or he's not happy. We don't want him. We're better off without him. Yada, yada, yada. So it's very interesting now to see the backpedal on that. And I'm interested to see the reaction kind of overall to, you know, as they come in, it seems like it's getting smoothed over, but it was obviously a pretty big, big, it is remarkable to see what they gave up to keep him. Have you looked at like all the things that they are doing for him so they can keep him? Basically, they so Randall Cobb, him, yeah, yeah, they gave him Randall Cobb back. They're paying him this year and they're paying him next year, no matter what. If he gets traded, if he retires, whatever, no matter what. So all all signs are leading to this is Aaron Rodgers last year in Green Bay. Yeah, let's hope. And then next year, wherever he goes, the Packers are going to be paying his salary. Meanwhile, uh, Jones is going to go with him. And now Randall Cobb, I don't know what his contract deal is, but he might be going with him too. Like he's going to bail. What do the Packers have after that? Their defense isn't nearly what it was. I, it's They're only going to succeed this year because of him. And of course, every, that's been the whole... Yeah, that's been their entire Aaron Rodgers experience. Yeah. But it's just incredible to see, like, okay, yeah, whatever you say, Aaron. Yes, sir. Like, whatever you need, sir. Incredible coming from. I mean, I would do the same thing for him, but um, I think I thought a little bit. So, yes, he did get some concessions. I thought he caved a little easily, though, too. Like, he's talking about retiring and everything else, and he just. Like they, they have one conversation. It's like, I'm coming back. I get that he was never going to actually sit out the year, Yeah. but I would have liked to see him make it a little bit more of a, of a deal through the, you know, maybe through training camp or anything, but hopefully, yeah. I, would, I mean, I really hope it's, I never thought that he was going to be gone this off season, um, which just didn't make sense, yeah. but yeah, I didn't like, I, it was always in the back of my head, like as a Bears fan, you, I hope. you are thinking you are thinking and hoping of a day without Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. And then, but I mean, the day that he showed up for camp, I was like, yeah, we all knew this was coming. Like, right. whatever. Uh, I just, I don't know. I hate him. I hope they go 0-17, but we know that's not going to happen. But I will say I do enjoy, like, even though we lose to him way more than I like, it is kind of nice knowing there is that date in January where they're just going to blow it and lose in the NFC championship game. And then I, I get a little bit of satisfaction out of that. Yeah. I'm not ready to, I'm not ready to give them that for this year. Um, I oh, think, no, no, no. I think, I think we'll give they, them a run for their money. They were pretty fraudulent 13 and three team last year. Very fraudulent. <laughs> so extremely fraudulent. My hope is there's some there's some chemistry issues with the whole Rogers situation. 
um, maybe his heart isn't in it and he doesn't play as well as he's, you know, up to his, his standards. Um, and then, you know, he makes, I mean, Adams is great, but Rogers makes him to an extent. Jones is pretty good. Um, so they have some weapons on offense, but the defense is average. You know, I think ultimately it comes down to, can he be on that MVP level again? Yeah, we've seen it for many years, so he probably can. But if not, I think they're a very average team. And I wish we would have been able to, to see that, you know, for this season, or hopefully we'll see it next year. Because once, man, these Packer fans are in for a rude awakening when Jordan Love comes out there. They have I no idea. Wait. <laughs> Cannot wait. He's not learning a thing. He is not. I, I can't wait. I can't wait. Let's just fast forward. <laughs> Not even Jordan Love. Insert any non-Hall of Fame quarterback to yeah. the Green Bay Packers. Only that, Aaron so Rodgers. Spoiled. Yeah, only Aaron Rodgers is capable of taking that team to a playoff spot. 100%. Um, but the more we talk about how mediocre they are, the more we talk about like Aaron Rodgers is kind of all they have with the exception of a couple of offensive threats, the more scared I am because – they're just going to pop up out of nowhere and beat us. And that's just how it goes. And it makes me sad. Yeah, it's, I agree. It's enjoyable to watch because there have been a lot of, and it's not only that they lose in the NFC championship or whenever they lose in the playoffs, but the way that they do, like there, you can go all the way back to that Seattle game where Mike McCarthy's kicking yeah. all these field goals and then they blow it late with the onside kick and everything else, which yeah. was, was a really great moment for, getting for those blown of us. Out. That, <laughs> yeah, getting blown, getting blown out, out by the Atlanta. Falcons. Yep. Um, and then, man, uh, the one against the Niners, mm-hmm. they, he just kind of sat down on that one. And then last year was just beautiful. Just beautiful. I can't imagine. I, I mean, that's the hope too, is there's still some distrust there from the whole field goal situation because that was insane to kick a field goal there. And I hope LaFleur, <laughs> yeah. like, I hope that, that affects you know has some negative effects on them fingers going into crossed, the season man. two <laughs> fingers crossed i just i can't stand them i can't <laughs> um yeah i think it'll be it's set up to be a pretty competitive division this year at you know the lions maybe maybe they'll be a little frisky with the new coach and and everything else you know i don't know how Goff is feeling about about his situation now, but he'll be. They could certainly set up a roadblock or two to prevent mm-hmm. somebody from making a move. So I wouldn't I wouldn't consider them contenders, but they could certainly do something to bother us. Yeah, yeah. You already mentioned kind of a little bit of the scheduling stuff, so I think we're both set up to play the the AFC um, North, right? So yeah, AFC Pittsburgh, North. Pittsburgh. Then... Um, yeah, Bengals uh, so... and such. Yeah, my uh, fiance Anna is from Pittsburgh. Big Steelers fan. Her whole family lives in Pittsburgh, um, and we're going to the Monday night game at Pittsburgh. Uh, so yeah, pretty excited for that. Certainly hoping by then Justin Fields is my quarterback because if not, it's not going to get pretty. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, and AFC North, uh, and then we got our our random game is against the the Raiders. Uh, we go to Las Vegas. Um, so that's our extra game of the year. Yep. Yeah. And then the, and the NFC matchup is the NFC West. So Seahawks, Rams, um, Niners, good division too. So kind of a tough schedule for the NFC North this year, but it'll be, you know, the good thing is we all play the same teams uh, with a couple exceptions. So yeah, 
We'll see, man. We'll see. Yeah. Any final thoughts on the, the, the NFL season, the bears? I don't know if you get bold enough to predict a record. I don't usually do that, especially now. I don't even know what to predict 17 games. Like, yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, you can't say nine and seven or eight and eight. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's too early to tell. Yeah. I, I need to know who my quarterback is week one and I'm not going to know until they trot out there. So certainly am hoping for Justin Fields. If not, if it's, let's just say it's Andy Dalton, like pray for a miracle, pray we, pray we find eight wins. <laughs> but uh, if Justin Fields is out there, I really think that they can compete for a division um, and maybe a Super Bowl. I don't know. What about you? Can, do you have a Super Bowl prediction? No. So I tend to really just be, I mean, I watch all the NFL stuff, but I'm here for the Vikings. Like that's, I understand. so I don't, I mean, I've, I've, know what's going on in the league i follow stuff but not enough to i'm too much of a homer to like <laughs> like the nba i can be like i can be sure. around at things and i'm more a fan of the league as a whole but the nfl is is different it's it's the vikings sure. i'm excited to get back to games in person oh yeah all that yeah. so um yeah, I hear you. well when they come to chicago i mean we got a place for you to stay yeah we, i want to get there someday yeah i want to get there someday for sure um i think what was I, I was going to ask you. Oh, I was going to say, um, I did not realize Nick Foles was still on the bears until like last week when they were talking about him getting, him yeah. getting traded. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hold your breath. Cause I mean, it's, it's a matter of not if, but when he moves, right. cause I mean, the Colts can't do, they can't just sit and do nothing right now. You know, that's a terrible situation to be in. And they've got other people going down with foot injuries too. It's bizarre. I don't know what's going on over there. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing, but they're doing it wrong. <laughs> All right, well, we'll look forward to to the season. I'm sure I'll check in with you before. I guess it's those two late games, so it won't be till late in the season. We'll probably know how things are shaking out for us, but it might be two big games late in the in December and January there between the Vikings and Bears. Man, looking forward to it. I hope it is. I hope it is for both of us. That mm-hmm. is a big, big weekend on December 20th, Monday night game. That would be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for your time, Tommy. Everybody check out the Tommy experience. Um, I'll, I'll be sure to tag you on Instagram and stuff so we can get some people checking out your, your content, but fun to, to collaborate with you here and, and good luck moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate it, brother. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. In situations like this, there's only two money guys on this team. Find them. Find them. Eighty, what you gonna do today? Check out my A game. You got your A game? Yes, sir. You got his A game.